Hello, friends. This is Nathan Powell. I co-host a brand new podcast called Dynasty Double Take with Dan Sanyo. We join the DLF family of podcasts with unique Dynasty arguments in a short 10 to 12 minute format. Dan and I love to debate Dynasty, and we hope you enjoy our banter as we discuss topics like trade offers, coaching, draft capital, and much, much more. You're at the Dynasty Crossroads that film and analytics create. The Dynasty Crossroads that film and analytics create. Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape. Hello and welcome back to Dynasty Crossroads. My name's Peter Howard. At PA Howdy on Twitter, I'm here with Jake Anderson at Jake Anderson FF on Twitter. It's week 15. Everyone's hopefully already made it into their semi-finals for their playoff run, and we have some important start-sit decisions. This is not the place to get answers for those, except for one particular player and maybe one particular situation. So as we do every week, or most weeks at least, we release a poll on our uh, Twitter account at Dino Crossroads um, and see who and see. Uh, who people want us to dive into most. Um, this week, Deshaun Hamilton, um, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos and uh, new next man up for Cortland Sutton, won the poll. So we're going to talk about that situation, that team, and specifically um, Deshaun Hamilton's value, um, both as a start sit this week, but more importantly, for our, from our perspective, um, what he might do in the future. So Jake, uh, how are you doing, man? Um, how you doing? What's up? What's new? Um, anything you want to tell everyone about? Yeah, everything is good, man. Uh, it, yeah, it's been an interesting week this week for, for me personally. Uh, my wife and I just celebrated our uh, wedding anniversary this week, and we had a doctor's appointment. Uh, she is pregnant, so uh, she had one of her doctor's appointments, and we found out that we're having a baby boy. So that was that was an exciting day for us. But uh, you know what? I'm excited about these semifinal uh, fantasy playoffs here and just uh try not to overthink things and just and trust my process that I, that has gotten me here so far yeah it's time to put small things like uh, becoming a dad for the second time aside jake uh, and focus on, <laughs> on something that actually matters for a change um which which will be nice to see from you i think um but no <laughs> congratulations um very happy for you yeah um Deshaun Hamilton, what's your what's your immediate thought? That's a good name for a boy, maybe. Deshaun, I don't know, I don't know, if, I don't know. That was the thing. I was just we were talking before we started recording. My wife and I had like basically had a girl's name picked out, and uh, we had several girls' names that we liked, and we just we both felt like we we're gonna have another girl, and uh, of course we're having a boy, and we have no names that we like. So I'll throw Deshaun in the mix. Um, all right, so Deshaun Hamilton was a three-star recruit coming out of high school. He went to Penn State, obviously. He's uh, around, right around six feet. He's listed at 6'1", just over 200 pounds. Uh, Testing-wise, you know, he's not a supreme athlete by any means. He did have a really good agility score, uh, which kind of matches his tape. Uh, really good route runners. Um, and this, this is a kid that really rose up in the draft process at the East-West game. And then really stood out at the Senior Bowl um, on one-on-one, seven-on-sevens. Uh, people were really impressed with his route running and his ability to create separation there. That's um, what it at was. At Penn State. Okay. Sorry. What's I was, that? I've been trying to figure out why this guy 
Like why his name came up so much. That was it. That was it. It was sure. the ball game. Yeah, he he definitely caught. Yeah, he definitely was a rising star. You know, during the pre-draft season, um, he's. I mean, he, he also broke uh, Penn State's reception record, so he's all-time leading receiver there at Penn State, and they've had some. They've had some good ones there. Obviously, he split some time with Chris Godwin. Uh, his freshman season, he came on after being redshirted, so it was his red red shirt freshman year. Um, came on and and broke out, you know, close to 900 yards, I believe. Um, and then Chris Godwin got there and he kind of took a back seat there, kind of a couple down years, you know, 40 reception ish type of years. And then you know his final year, kind of jumped back up there and matched his his freshman season there. Um, so it's not like he didn't do anything in college. He certainly uh, was productive there. Um, as far as, you know, what kind of player he is on the field, like I said, he's a really good route runner, uh, sets up defenders really well at the stem of his routes, uh, goes across the middle of the field, is not afraid of getting hit, which is which is good. You know, he's not a super big receiver, um, but he's, not, he's pretty fearless there. Um, you know, it's... Strong work ethic, which is good. You know, they talked about it at the Senior Bowl that he was there well well ahead of practice time and stayed after practice working on his game, uh, which you always like to see, obviously. Um, you know, Penn State, they threw him some contested balls. I don't think that's that's where his game is. I don't think he's a down-the-field type of receiver, and we've kind of seen that with his A-dot so far with the Broncos. Uh, what is it, two yards? <laughs> so, um, I don't think he's going to be a field stretcher. Um, you know, he talked about, you know, he actually tested better than people thought he would in his 40. You know, he ran like a mid 4-5, and, you know, he, he was really happy with that. So, obviously, speed is not necessarily his game, but um, with those slot wide receivers especially, when you're not playing on the outside, it's easier to get away with that uh, – lack of speed as long as you're you know quicker than fast i guess you would say um but he's just kind of like a super solid slot wide receiver he was actually playing i think 57 percent outside the last three games leading up to this past week um so he can play outside i just don't think that's where he's going to make his money uh at the next level and the good thing that he has going for him is Case Keenum really only has eyes for slot wide receivers. <laughs> uh, you know, at least that's that's his bread and butter. That's where he feels comfortable. We saw it with Adam Thielen last year, how much he targeted him. Uh, we saw it with Emmanuel Sanders this year. And that's, that's kind of where I just didn't see an avenue for him to be successful as long as Emmanuel Sanders was healthy. Uh, I traded Deshaun Hamilton. Uh, I wish I want to say Deshaun because it is Deshaun, but everyone says <laughs> that's Deshaun a good reason. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just everyone says Deshaun just because they think you know every other Deshaun that there's ever been. Uh, but you know, I, I lost my train of thought there. Oh, I just I actually traded Deshaun in a league. I traded him and I think a third, which would have been a late third for Demarius Thomas, and just because you know I was, I'm having a good year and. I wanted production and some depth there, and I just didn't see an avenue for him to be successful with Emmanuel Sanders there. But with Emmanuel Sanders down, uh, they obviously need some more weapons in that offense and that passing offense, especially. And Jeff Hireman went down, so there are some some targets there. And we saw Tim Patrick be really, really, really efficient and and 
pretty solid last year. Actually had the most rece- receiving yards out of the co- wide receiver group last week. Um, but Deshaun, you know, he caught that, you know, one-yard touchdown on the goal line on fourth down, which was a huge play for them. Um, so, you know, he's going to, you know, be talked about a lot more than Tim Patrick just because uh, I think they had similar targets. But, uh, you know, Hamilton got that touchdown, which, you know, we can't really rely on. But just as, as far as him as a player, I like him. I just think he's got – I think he's got a really limited ceiling. And, and by really limited, I mean like – a low-end wide receiver three or maybe a mid-wide receiver three is his kind of his upside and he's probably going to be that wide receiver three four that you know he's good depth and you can plug and play you know in good matchups or if you're hurting with injuries is that where he's valued right now you check the adp no no i think he's i think he's i mean like i said i think that's more of his upside uh his december adp was wide receiver 65 um which I think is probably going to grow, obviously, now with Emmanuel Sanders out. So his ADP is going to you know, probably skyrocket. And if he finishes strong, I think he could probably get to the point where he starts to be maybe a sell candidate. Um, but we'll, we'll wait and see. I picked him up on a redraft league where I need wide receivers. Um, just kind of a dart throw and some depth. I don't know if I'm going to play him this, this week. It's kind of him or Chris Godwin or Doug Baldwin. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't want to say I'm indifferent. I do like the player. And just for a little backstory, I know you love when I gush about players' backstories, but, um, you know, it's kind of a heartwarming story with his background. Uh, His older brother um, was diagnosed with autism at a young age, and he was always there helping him out. He was kind of like another father figure uh, for his brother. And, um, you know, so he's super mature for his age. And, you know, he said he's going to have – when his parents can't take care of his brother anymore, he's going to make sure his brother lives with him. So he's got a good head on his shoulders, very mature. And, uh, you know, I think that's a that's a good thing to see out of young kids these days. He was a fourth-round draft pick. Did you say that? I don't know if I did mention that. I had him listed as a undrafted free agent. That's oh, why no. I'm asking. He's actually drafted yeah. in the fourth round. Fourth round, yep. Um, and, yeah, I love the way you bring in the backstories just uh, to highlight how much I hate honest hardworking kids <laughs> that deserve a good break in life um i just want shane manila on my side that's, all. <laughs> that's right no i i jeez no um obviously i love him now <laughs> damn you <laughs> where where do you think his values is ending up here jake i mean um you sound mostly like uh you are the guy who rides roller coasters with your arms crossed and just kind of checking the time anyway, no matter how excited you are. So I'm trying to get a feeling here of the, of this is, is this an exciting wide receiver three or is this a, if you can get a second round pick for him, you're going to do that as, uh, as soon as possible. I don't know about as soon as possible, but I think it's, I mean, I would say most of our trade deadlines are passed. I know plenty of leagues out there don't have trade deadlines. So um, you know, if I'm competing and if I'm desperate for a wide receiver, I don't, I don't know if I'm giving up a second for him. I, what, do we know what his ADP was for rookie drafts? I want to say he was in the third round range. Yeah, he was a third rounder. I'm pretty sure. Okay, there was enough so, hype. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, are are you super excited to get out of a third round pick for a second round pick in a draft class that's probably a little weaker, even though that the wide receiver depth I think is going to be really good this this class. 
That's, um, that's fine. I don't know. That, that's fair, but probably I am, yeah. Okay. I think that's also fair, too. Sure. Okay, I guess I gotta, you know, uh, just smash... Just bash this, on him. Just bash on him. So he kid. has no chance. And for fantasy points... Um, no, I, I don't. I don't like him. His ADOT is actually six point six right now. I misled you because my sheet looks him up for okay. the whole season. Looking at ARDS.com, Hamilton's working in the slot. He's taken over, or at least last week he did in a small sample size, and he's caught like fifteen targets on the whole year. So, and uh, Tim Patrick's caught twenty-two on the whole year. So, uh, you know, we we don't know what they are, <laughs> what they can do. But last week he was working out of the Emmanuel Sanders role more so than anyone else. Um, Tim Patrick took the deeper targets again from the Emmanuel Sanders role, and Cortland Sutton gave up some of his role so they could do that because um, that's what Cortland Sutton does. He's just generous that way. <laughs> He's like, here, have my targets. I, I really I really don't need them. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think wide receiver three is fine, but wide receiver three is mostly valueless. Um, especially, I, I think Denver might have the most over- and underrated receivers in the league. Like Sanders and even Thomas to an extent are so underrated in Dynasty. And Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, and Tim Patrick, I think are I think Patrick and Hamilton are about to be overrated, and I think Cortland Sutton already is. So I'm a little torn here. Um like Jake said, um he was the team leader in his first year. I posted a, all this on Twitter because I was bored waiting for Jake, who's always late. That's that's the thing you never hear about. Yeah, it's funny that you weren't ready when um, I was, though. <laughs> um, he started his uh, career at age 19 with 82 receptions, like Jed said. Um, he turned that into 899 receiving yards in the four years that he played. And four years is already not a flag, but it means you have to start digging into their production a little more. Um, it, it, tends to, it can be a negative sign. Um, he never actually beat the average until his final year in yards per reception for wide receivers with 10 targets or more in Penn State. So every year he was actually inefficient compared to other receivers getting 10 targets or more on the same team. Um, the minute Chris Godwin got there, he's actually there in his uh, um, in his age 19 season, but he was, he, he was basically barely old enough to play in 2014. And... Um, but he still sucked up 26 targets um, while Deshaun Hamilton was getting those 82. And for the next two years, Chris Godwin just took that job. He said, thank you. I will take your lunch money now. And he did. He became the team's leader. He put up over 1,000 yards on 69 receptions. In the second year, he put up 982 yards on 59 receptions. Now, this isn't another Chris Godwin podcast, but I can't go in, so I can't go into it too far. But I can't. Uh, what I'm trying to... Reference here is how market share shows the difference between one wide receiver or another in the exact same situation, literally in the same years. So in um, Deshaun Hamilton's big first year, he managed 29% um, with 82 uh, receptions, like I said, uh, of the team's um, percentage of yards. So he was producing 29% of those yards, which is actually above the average for successful wide receivers at age 19. So that's good. In Chris Godwin's 20, age 19 season, because he's also an age 19 breakout, with Deshaun Hamilton on the team, already established as the one, he not only took that job, with less receptions, he put up 39% of the team's receiving yards in that year. So he didn't just take the job, he took it and did 
a lot more for the team and put up a lot more yards with a lot less opportunity. They simply threw the ball a lot less that year, but market share shows the comparison, despite the fact the team situation changed, that Chris Godwin was just much more valuable to his team than Deshaun Hamilton was. And it's the same team, while Hamilton's already on it. And the next season, um, Chris Godwin puts up 26% of the team's receiving yards, and Deshaun Hamilton um, puts up uh, 13%. So he drops all the way down the depth chart while Chris Goblin's just goading around the field, essentially. After Chris Goblin leaves, Hamilton does become the target leader again, or at least the reception leader. Target data is a little harder to find and less reliable for college. But um, he puts up 25% of the team's receiving yards at age 22. So now he's entering the league as an older prospect, having two underproductive years compared to successful wide receivers, according to the age-adjusted curve that I've developed, looking all the way from 2000 to 2008 for any wide receiver that's produced at least a wide receiver three season. And when he comes back to being the reception leader for the team, he's actually now below the average of successful NFL wide receivers who played in college at age 22. So... This is kind of perfect as a comparison for how market share can demonstrate a player who's clearly something different or special on a team compared to one who immediately underproduces the minute someone else comes in with more talent. And I think Chris Godwin's more talented. So wide receiver three is a fine ceiling, but I think it's an absolute ceiling. So if he was an above average college receiver. I think he's going to be a below average NFL receiver. Um, and... Now that you've pointed out the reason everyone started paying more attention to him was because of a ball game, I think we've got our answer as to where most of that hype we're hearing. The reason we're hearing about him a lot isn't because of anything he's done in college. It isn't because of what he's done in the NFL. It's because of this one game that I think, uh, and like I say, I, I didn't even remember. That's why his name came up. And since he's been on the team, just to flick over to what we've actually seen in the NFL, he's had spots where he's had two or three targets just like Tim Patrick has frankly and last week with Emmanuel Sanders down both of them saw a drastic rise in target share for obvious reasons targets can just disappear but when there's literally no one else Jeff Hyman who I refuse to call Jeff Hyman and I always switch over to Jeff Hewerman I don't know why sorry Jeff Hyman um uh gone uh, Emmanuel Sanders gone and uh, Damaris Thomas gone. Um, Keenum occasionally has to throw the ball, at least. Um, and so they got a rise in target share. They both inched. They're in and around the 20% target share in week 14. And Cortland Sutton dipped below them, below 20% in receiving yards. Now, they're not all going to sustain around 20% target share. 21% is like the average for a wide receiver one, for example. So someone's going to regress and someone's going to go up. Well, he was. So I he, wish him well. I hope he proves me wrong. But like, I don't think I like. Where did he? Most where did he finish last most, week? He must have been close to a wide receiver two last week. Just ignore Jake. And <laughs> um, so I think, <laughs> um, yeah, like if you're expecting that, then you know if I've got him and you want him, come get him, uh, because I just think that's not gonna gonna continue, um, unless Cortland Sutton completely fails out, like I think's in his range of outcomes, and then. Um, you know, these two have to continue to pick up the pace until they find someone else. But even then, I think Jeff Human's going to come back and Hyman, sorry, cause problems. Like, it's like Green Bay. When you've got a decent player who doesn't stand out, they're always going to be next manned up from one game to another. And I think that's what Deshaun Hamilton will do, even if there's no one else to take targets. Mm hmm. 
Yeah, I think I, th- I think that's that's the key here, and it's almost like it's almost like Deshaun's more valuable in a redraft sense because there's a couple factors here, and why I kind of like him here, and why I think his value is is going to increase, and why people were high on him is we know Case Keenum loved Emmanuel Sanders, we know Case Keenum loves the slot wide receiver. The person replacing that spot is uh, Deshaun Hamilton. You know, so he's taking that Emmanuel Sanders role. Um, yeah, I don't think Matt Lacrosse is gonna <laughs> fill in right. the the tight end there. So yeah, it's it's gonna be Hamilton. That's a really good right. point. For and then, him. like you said, is Case Keenum there long term? We don't know. Is Emmanuel Sanders back next year? Probably. So it, it, he could very well be going back to a reserve role next year. But another reason that I remembered why people liked him, and I mean. Why I liked him is uh, he was one of Matt Harmon's favorites, you know, one of his reception perceptions favorites. Um, Harmon had Deshaun as a 77.9% success rate versus man coverage, uh, which was the highest of all wide receiver prospects in this class. So I think, you know, anytime Harmon says anything about wide receivers, it definitely gives a little bump to that player's stock. Um, so the combination of his pre-draft process and then the Matt Harmon bump, uh, which is real, um, you know, kind of got people excited about Deshaun. Yeah, I, I think, um, like I said, I think even then there's problems. So I think if you're in a tough start-sit decision this week, as you uh, and many of us are, I think it's hard to start Hamilton. I do think, despite my reservations about Cortland Sutton, I think his opportunity is due to tick up next week. Um, which is going to constrain even that slot role that, like you say, that Keenum loves, um, uh, e- even for next week. So I think he has value this week. It depends on your situation, but he's still he's still a tough start, even um, even for the next two weeks, because hopefully no one's playing into 17. Hopefully no, no one hates themselves that much. <laughs> They're playing in week 17 still. So yeah, I don't know if you want to play an ADP game. I'm, you know, any sure. any, any return on value that's greater than a third round pick, I'm probably taking for Hamilton and, you know, hoping he proves me wrong because I, I am uh, a, a fan of the boss too. Uh, I believe in hardworking Americans and eventually we'll get a hardworking American on here that I can root for but, or, or I can believe in. <laughs> All right. So let's let's jump up here and, and talk about some of these wide receivers that are ranked higher than Hamilton here um, because we do probably project a little bit of a bump here in ADP going forward. Um, let's start at wide receiver 50, uh, Zay Jones or Hamilton. Oh, come on. Um, not a great fan of Zay Jones at all. Um, it's probably okay. a push. D.D. Westbrook? Oh, God, Jack. It was what, what kind of seventh level of hell ADP reading right now? This PJ? is where we're at. This is this is where we live. And this... I'd probably take Westbrook. I, I think Westbrook has more upside. <laughs> okay, Marquise, Marquise Goodwin? What what did I do to you in some kind of past life? Sure. I'll, I'll take Goodwin. What, do you want me to go up to wide receiver 30 or what? Curtis Samuel, I think we did, we both have Yeah, I'd Samuel snap except him. Curtis Samuel. Uh, Robbie Anderson? Yeah, I'll take Anderson. Kenny Stills? Yes. Taewon Taylor? John Brown? Yep. Jamison Crowder? Yeah. Obviously David Moore? Yeah. All right. So maybe, you, I mean, you obviously think he's ranked pretty appropriately. And honestly, I was pretty surprised that he got up this high in – 
the mocks that we did in December because he hadn't really done anything at that point, right? And he had risen, I don't know, about a dozen spots and and wide receiver ADP. Um, He's hovering right around that 150 range, which I think is fair. You know, as far as the wide receivers behind him, um, why don't we take a look here? Let's see if he's maybe even being overvalued before this bump, which could show signs of him really actually being overvalued here soon. Um, would you rather have Larry Fitz? Yeah. In a bubble? Um, John Ross? I don't like John Ross. Okay. Quince, Quincy Anunua? Quincy Anunua? Um, yeah, I'd take Anunua. Randall Cobb? Yes. Mohamed Sanu? Yeah, it takes Sanu. Um, Chris Are you Conley. disagreeing with any of these, by the way? Not, not harshly, no. I mean, I, I mean, I think it's maybe closer on some of these than you're suggesting. But, yeah, I'm not really – I'm not taking a hard stance or saying I strongly disagree with you on a lot of these guys. I would say that, uh, again, I, I tend to look at this a little bit more from a value standpoint where I see – you know, where's the arrow trending up or down with some of these guys? Right. You know, I don't think Mohamed Sunu's stock is rising. So his stock is probably going to fall. So I would, I mean, I'd definitely take Hamilton over Sunu. Um, Robert Foster. It's interesting because I, I so do not play these kind of players that way. Like, I don't think of them as stocks in that way. Like, I want the yeah. player that I prefer. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, Foster, uh I'd take Hamilton. I guess that's where I draw okay. the line. I'm, right. I haven't looked into Foster too well. He's been doing better recently, but um, yeah, not really on my radar. But, 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 but he was a pretty good recruit coming out of Alabama. He just didn't get an opportunity there. I think he was banged up quite a bit there. Um, so I did. There actually have been some trades that we could go through. A couple trades quick um, for leagues that don't have a trade deadline, just to kind of gauge. 2019 first, Deshaun Hamilton. 2019 fourth for James Washington, a 2019 second, and Justin Jackson. Yeah, I'd take the James Washington side. It's actually probably the exact player I'd try and target with someone like Hamilton. So you don't mind giving up that 2019 first? Not really. Basically, you're willing to give up that first to get a 2019 second back with James Washington and Justin Jackson. Yeah, I, w- I would have taken, um, I think I'd have to check, but I think I had Washington towards the end of the first round. Sure, yeah, I like Washington enough too. Uh, 2019 second or Hamilton and a fourth? Take the second. Yeah, uh, Deshaun Hamilton and a 2019 second or Jarek McKinnon? Oh, McKinnon. How about two 2019 thirds? Or Hamilton. Is that where you think that kind of value is? Yeah, that's fine. I, I would probably lean the thirds <laughs> because I'd rather have two shots than one shot. Um, I think that's it. Um, that's us all done talking about Deshaun Hamilton. Um, please hit us up on the Twitter handle at Dino Crossroads if you have any questions, comments, disagreements. Um, because we love all those too um, and looking out for that weekly poll to see who we should talk about next week we're still trying to figure out what our off-season schedule will be or how we'll play it draft season i think is just ideal for us we're really going to dig into the prospects um, during the draft season um, so we'll let you know in the next few coming podcasts what our plans are for the last few weeks of the season and the few weeks after it as well um, thanks for coming to the crossroads and hanging out with us i hope you had fun um, I hope you had fun or at least learned something marginally interesting or useful for your dynasty leagues or even your start-sit decisions. I've had fun as I always do. 
and I will see you again next week uh, at the crossroads. You're at the dynasty crossroads that film and analytics create. The dynasty crossroads that film and analytics create. Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape. It's the dynasty crossroads where film is everything. be consensus but we'll give you everything what kind of seventh level of hell ADP reading right now just bash on him just bash on him. Say he has no chance. Just ignore Jake. Oh, God, Jack. Go as far as he... What? Just ignore Jake. There may not be consensus. Okay, Quince, Quincy and Nuno. Quincy and Nuno. Quince, Quincy and Nuno. Quincy and Nuno. Just ignore Jake. Quince, Quincy and Nuno. Quincy and Nuno. What, what did I do to you in some kind of past life?